from Wall Street to the White House. This is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. Let us bring in my pal, Cleet Willems, who's former deputy director of the White House National Economic Council and a former trade negotiator. Cleet, I apologize for last weekend, but you kind of got blown up by Prime Minister Netanyahu. Who went? Who went forty minutes? <laughs> he, he was he was amazing. He wouldn't stop. I, I, I get it, Larry. When when I'm a former prime minister, you know, then I'll then I'll take exception to being cut. But mm-hmm. I think I'll give you a pass for last week. Yeah, I mean, the guy was pretty good too. Now you're making some important points here. Um, I want to hit him. We won't do it justice, but look at first point is when Macron, French President Macron, was just here, big state visit, big state dinner, blah, blah, blah. Um, All of Biden's uh, Green New Deal investment tax credits, particularly regarding electric vehicles, as I understand it, violates trade deals, violates WTO trade deals, and I don't know, probably violates U.S.-EU trade deals. Uh, is is that's the point you're making? And what is Biden just brushing that off or or what's going to happen? I mean, I hate these t- credits for uh, electric vehicles anyway. And, and there's not enough electricity in California to even plug in your car because they don't do natural gas. But putting all that aside, uh, is there a trade war um, brewing between the European Union and the U.S. over this? There, there may be, Larry. And, and that is one important point, which is that President Biden came in and talked about how well he was going to work with U.S. allies around the world. And now he's in the middle of a a big, big trade war with not just the EU, but Japan and Korea and others who are really upset about this. But there's there's another point, Larry, that's that's really important here. And this is just I think this is a point of how weakness. And I thought the president looked particularly weak Mm. uh, when Macron came to town, because, as you mentioned, Macron is giving him an earful about the Inflation Reduction Act. And I think we both agree there are serious problems with that bill. It's going to increase inflation more than it's going to reduce it. And there are provisions that discriminate against Europe. So Macron had a right to be upset. But the president's response wasn't to say, you know what, Uh, you do a whole bunch of discriminatory things to the United States. You're discriminating against our tech companies left and right. You're discriminating against our farmers. You're not letting us sell into your market. And if you want me to fix your problem, you better do the same for the United States. He didn't do any of that. He basically just said, I'm sorry. I apologize. Let me know what I can do to, to fix it. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think it just it shows weakness. And I think it's a it's a symbolic action that shows that this is an administration who is not fighting for uh, American private sector interests abroad. Uh, and it's happened again and again. Well, what um, look, Europe's impossible. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we tried. I mean, look, remember, we tr- um, we tried. We held off the tariff war that Trump wanted. Um, but it was hard to always make inroads with Europe. Um, I mean, they have so many tariff and non-tariff barriers, particularly non-tariff barriers, I guess you would say. That's but, right. but I don't know what to do about it. In other words, um, you know, three wrongs don't make a right. So you're saying you you want. So what do you what would a strong president do right now? We should um, ventilate, well, you know, make visible the European trade protectionism. How to go about this? Well, Larry, I'd like to see the Biden administration do what we did. 
And, and, and you'll remember that when Europe started putting in place a whole range of digital service taxes yes. on our companies, which yes. were just basically discriminate. I mean, they were just saying, we're jealous of your success. We want to get that revenue and help subsidize our own companies. When they did that, we brought a 301 action. Uh, and, and, and we were really exerting leverage on them. And this is an administration who just has not done that. And it's not just the EU. Um, you know, you look at China, you look around the world. They're not enforcing our deals. Um, they're just not fighting for American businesses and American workers abroad. Mm. And, and that's very disappointing to me. Are those digital taxes in place in Europe? So it's sort of a mixed bag. Yeah, they've delayed some of them to try to have the OECD come up with a solution, but that hasn't gone well. And and I expect just a succession of not only European countries, but countries around the world to to start putting these things in place. Mm. And and again, I'm I'm not super optimistic that this administration is going to do the right thing when that happens. Um, I'm hoping that the Republican Congress, you know, especially the Republican House, will start to put some real pressure. Uh, on the administration to, to to be tough here. What about now? You're also. I have not read your working paper, but you're trying to resurrect the TPP, uh, which is what trade promotion. That's the Asian trade right. pr- promotion deal. You really think that thing can be salvaged in a way that will help the U.S.? I, I do, Larry, and, and and quite frankly, I don't. I don't think we have a choice but to find a way to get much more engaged in the Indo-Pacific. And let me, let me take a step back for a second. You, you've got to recognize what's happening in Asia right now. China is going around cutting deals with everyone that they can. Um, at the beginning of this year, they just brought into force a deal called the RCEP, the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership, with 15 other countries. They're, cut, they're, they're cutting tariffs. They're cutting barriers. Uh, with 15 other countries in the region, includes key allies like Japan and Australia. And what that does is it means it, it makes it easier for those countries to link supply chains with China uh, than the United States. Makes it easier for them to uh, agree upon standards with China than the United States. And I think that's just completely unacceptable. Uh, that, that, that undermines all of our goals about working with our allies and creating allied supply chains. And so we need to get back in the game. The Biden folks have started looking at this, and they have this deal called IPEF, the Indo-Pacific Economic Framework. But it's not a real deal. It doesn't actually cut barriers in the same way as, as a trade agreement. And so I'm saying let's take another look at the TPP, uh, which was a deal that um, way back in 2015 the Republican Congress and, and the Obama administration were looking at, mm. and, and, and we withdrew from it under the Trump administration. And, you know, there was good reason to take a step back. There were some elements of it that weren't strong enough. But my view is let's do what President Trump did to NAFTA. Let's take an agreement that wasn't working for us. Let's update it. Let's fix it. And let's get back in the game because we can't let China dominate us in the region. And so that's my that's my goal here. Let's do what Trump did in NAFTA. I think we can do that to the TPP. Is there a way to do that and still, you know, I, I hesitate to use the word, but protect American manufacturers uh, and yeah. keep the onshoring uh, momentum? Um, yeah. I, mean, I don't like protection either. But a lot of these deals, the whole WTO framework did a lot of damage to to us because China is still, quote unquote, undeveloped. So they had higher tariffs 
and non-tariff barriers, and they shouldn't have had it, and did a lot of damage to us. Now, if you're going to resurrect TPP and you're going to somehow NAFTAize it, uh, to use a great uh, verb, um, you know, <laughs> can you do that and still protect our onshoring? I, I think you can, Larry, and um, I'm not going to get into all of the, the recommendations we make and put your put your listeners to sleep, but I, I want I want everyone to know we were very inspired by the work we did that Bob Lighthizer did to, you know, um, make NAFTA become USMCA and, right. and the improvements he made right. on the rules of origin for autos. And that's our first recommendation is that we need to look at something like that in this agreement. Mm. We need to look at making sure we don't have too much Chinese content into any products that would come into the United States. Mm -hmm. We look at updating labor and environment and things like that. And so there's a whole suite of, of recommendations that we make that we think are realistic. Uh, you know, we've spent a lot of time consulting on the Hill. We spent a lot of time consulting with these other countries. We think these are realistic to get done, and I think that they would update this agreement in a similar way as we did NAFTA and make it work for the U.S. manufacturing base. Uh, but, but let me take one last point, Larry, is, is you also need to think about this in terms of creating export interest for our, for, for our company. Mm -hmm. and, and you have this scenario where we are at a disadvantage in the region when we're competing with China for ag products, for manufacturing products, because they've got tariff cuts. We don't. And so we need to get our farmers and our workers to be able to access those markets. And that's what we're trying to do as well. So we protect, but then we also are creating new opportunities outside of our borders. Yeah, you know, those Chinese, I was talking about this on the TV show, they're nosing around the Middle East now, meeting with Saudi Arabia, making deals. Got to watch them, Cleet. Those Chinese <laughs> are not trustworthy, really. They're just nosing yeah. around every place, you know, causing trouble, right? They're adversarial. Yeah. They're causing trouble. I mean, yeah, it it is troubling. They're very assertive on the international stage, yep. and and that is a, what has really made me feel like this is this is a necessary exercise. Is they are going out there, they are promoting their economic model, mm. they're promoting their model of governance, they're promoting the way that they suppress rights. And, and we need to have an alternative to that. And right now, economically, we don't. And so that's what I'm what I'm trying to, trying to pursue here. And, I, and I'm also optimistic. I will say I'm I'm a half glass full kind of guy. Mm. You know, a lot of Republicans were saying, "Oh, we're disappointed with the election." Well, I'm thrilled that we have a Republican House of Representatives. That we're going to have a Republican Ways and Means Chairman. Mm. We're going to have Mike Gallagher running the China Select Committee. And I think together we can make some headway on these issues with China and on these issues with trade. Yeah, I know. That's great. That's a very important point. I couldn't agree more. All right, folks, it's Cleet Willems, uh, trade expert and great friend. Thank you, Cleet. We'll stay in touch on this. We're going to take a quick break. Other side of the break, we're going to talk some politics with Charlie Hurt of The Washington Times. I'm Cudlow. Please stay with us. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. 